Welcome to the State of Charge podcast, the fun weekly inspirational podcast to help keep your spiritual batteries recharged. We are your hosts, John Mann and Matt Swartz, here for another episode in Season 5. Goodness, you did not have your podcast on two times speed on that one. That was just (laughs) Matt going really fast for our intro. Sorry. That was awesome. Hey, uh, by the way, though, has your wife given any verdict on the new music? You know, that's a good question. Oh, ask her. I will. Because now, now everybody in our audience wants to know, what does Darby to... think of the new music? That's right. She was the inspiration she was for the our, inspiration. New, our new music here. So, yeah. Which I like it. Yeah, I think it's kind of peppy and, you know, it's something you're going to remember. Yes. When you hear it, you're going to be like, oh, that's... That's State that's, of Charge. Yeah, that's yeah. John and Matt. Yeah, of course. So, you know, that's, I mean, that's kind of the, the, the motive there, right? Well... Be memorable, man. Yeah, be memorable. Yeah. That's been my life theme for me. Be, be memorable. <laughs> you don't have a problem with that, Matt. <laughs> Woo! Probably, probably would help if I did have a little bit of that. Man, I have really been enjoying this uh, series and this yeah. season, yeah. Uh, learning some characters, and we've had some great conversations and topics. And uh, I think the thing that I failed to recognize as far as this one is how much time it was going to take yeah. to like figure some of these uh, characters out. But uh, the thing that was really cool is there is no doubt uh, in my mind that God uses all of these people for his glory and his yep. honor and for yep. our training, right? And, and examples that we can draw on. And uh, we were talking before we started that, you know, the Bible is like a Jerry Springer episode, yeah. one right after the other, right? I mean, if you want Game of Thrones, just read the Old Testament, yeah. right? It's yeah. crazy. So crazy. Who are we talking about today? We are talking about Esther. And uh, I was really, uh, my wife and I were just on a road trip to California this week, and we just ran a race in Huntington Beach. I thought and you were going to say we ran a red light. I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is Phoenix. We are the red light uh, heroes, uh, lawbreakers of the country, So it's which is bad news. But... Um, and so I had like a captive audience for a six hour car ride over to Huntington beach. And, and so I said like, Hey, we're going to be talking about Esther today. Like I'd like to get my wife's perspective about Esther, mm-hmm. uh, just as a woman. And what was interesting is she was talking about the fact that, uh, at our church, we've had a number of Bethmore Bible studies for women that have happened. And Esther was actually her favorite study mm. of the Bethmore studies that, that Sun Valley has done. Yeah. And, and her, her point was just for her, just it's, it's not just this ability of, of Esther to navigate living out her faith in, in a culture that was anti her faith, but her openness to being led and counseled by her uncle yeah. in stepping into a place she didn't see for herself. Yeah. Right. Like she stepped in to become a queen in, in a situation where she, that wasn't her aspirations for her life, but her being open to the influence and mentoring and leadership of her uncle to step into a place. Yeah. So in other words, she didn't necessarily see that pathway, but she was open to God using other influential people to lead her. Yeah towards what God's call was for her life. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned her uncle um, because Esther actually was orphaned. We don't, we don't know why her, right. her parents died when she was um, assumedly, assumedly younger. And her uncle Mordecai uh, becomes her, her guardian. And what's, what's really neat about that is uh, the relationship that she cultivated with him 
in spite of that circumstance, you know, with him being her adopted guardian throughout the book, she, she leans on his guidance, um, and, and his influence in her life, even, even later in the story when she's inside the palace, you know? And, and, and I think in this, so the, the beauty of her being open to that influence, um, you know, Esther is a unique character where today there, there is a Jewish holiday that's still celebrated mm. of, of the, the salvation of the Jews from the hands of Haman because of Esther's courageous act mm-hmm. that is still celebrated as a holiday to this day. I mean, how, how cool is that? Yeah. That you're a biblical character that in the Jewish calendar today, there is still a holiday perm. That, that exists because of your courageous act in the midst of yeah. a situation that seems insurmountable. That's neat. That's really neat. I didn't know that until yeah. you and I were talking just a moment ago. So that's, you know, that's, that's pretty amazing that hey, they when you're the catalyst of a holiday, that. like, you know, you're in, you're in the ranks of Jesus. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good deal. That's right. That's right. The other thing that I really, I got really excited about studying Esther's because this, I think is truly one of those underdog stories. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. when you think of, again, they're in, you know, the, the Jewish uh, culture has been scattered throughout all of the region and they're in places as slaves in this case as, as concubines to start out with. And they are just forced. They don't have a choice. They mm-hmm. are forced into situations. And not only is she an orphan raised by her uncle, which actually turned out to be a really good thing, but she is experiencing racial persecution. Yeah. Um, to depths that we probably don't really understand. Uh, and yet in the midst of that, the Lord plants her in a situation and he is able to use her and her influence, like you said, to, to save a nation. So, so, and, and I know again, part of what we, we look at is in this particular season of the exile of Israel, because of the sin that they committed as a nation, Right. Um, you know, at, at this point, like we're we're beginning to realize that this is not like, um, this is a little bit later in in the, in the in the exile. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is something where yeah. like we're years into this now, right? right. And, and and people are, you know, building these Jewish communities in in exile, right? Right. So I want to think about that for a moment, like. Mm. Um, if you look at the prophets, one of the one of the things we see in the prophet Jeremiah is this this challenge to the people of Israel in exile of like, hey, live lives like you're you're going to be there a while, yeah. And and so in this we hmm. we see this reality of Esther's living her life, you know, Mordecai they're living their lives in exile. Um, they have actually continued to, to live out in the midst of this environment, the, this command that God gave them, like, Hey, I, I, you know, exile is not a pause right. in your life. Like this, this is your life, right? Live it. So what are you going to do with so it? So what are you going to do with it? Hmm. Man, think about that for a moment. Like, like they're, they're doing it, like they're living it. And then there's this divine moment because you've got Queen Vashti that, decides to just live in her arrogance and she ends up getting just gotten rid of by, yeah. by King Xerxes. Yep. And, and all of a sudden there's this moment 
so so here's you know there's there's maybe some girl out there that's like when i grow up i want to be queen right we don't get the impression that this was ever esther's dream Dream. no right but in this moment where vashti is disposed you've got her uncle mordecai that's like hey there's there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity here. Like we, we are told to to yeah. live and to actually sink in yes. in this environment that we're in. Yeah. Like there's this there's a moment here. I I I wonder. Mm. To me, that's the beauty of this story. Is is there's there's somebody that you know. So I always joke with people, and so if you've heard me say this, God loves you, and Matt has a wonderful plan <laughs> for your life. Like yeah. you've heard me say that, right? <laughs> you've said that to me. I have. You know. For Mordecai, God loves you, and I, I've got a wonderful plan. Like, if you become queen, like, mm-hmm. what does this do, you know, for our, for our people? Not knowing fully what that was going to mean yeah. for the future of the nation of Israel next. I think there's two principles there is that we can all draw on. Is one, do you have somebody in your own life that is willing to speak truth into you to say, hey, yep. this is an opportunity that has been given to you. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. And then the second part of that is is are you going to listen? Yeah. It's, wow. one, it's yeah. one thing That's to have good. somebody speak into your life. It's another thing for you to say, okay, I'm going to heed that advice and that wisdom and I'm going to do something about it. And I think with Esther, um, I think some of her timing in, in when she pursued things was, is, is viewed as fear mm-hmm. uh, or timidity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't necessarily think that. I think for her it was very, very calculated and very, very discerning as to when she made those decisions. I think once yeah. the spark, I think the the deciding factor was her conversation with Mordecai. But I think even then she took that and said, okay, I'm now inside the palace. When is the right time to do this? Um, and that is that was to pursue the king uh, so that she would be chosen. And um, even after she was summoned, 30 days after she was summoned, she decides to go to the king's court, which if he doesn't bring you in, uh, raise a scepter and bring you in, you're immediately beheaded. And she did not consider that. Right. She just, no, I'm going to go when the time is right. So, so it's interesting because when I say Esther was shrewd, I don't mean that as a slight at all. I, I, th- I think she had this intuitive sense yes. of... Of what what is what's the right play in the situation? It's interesting in Esther chapter four. I, I love these words of Mordecai though, because he wants to like, hey, you're. I, I'm just wondering what you're up to because it had <laughs> been thirty days. Mm-hmm. In Esther four chapter chapter four verse twelve, he says, "When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back his answer. Do not think that because you're in a king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape." I love this. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and yeah. deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. Yep. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time, time as, as this. this. Yeah. So to, to me, this is this huge is huge place in history. Huge place in history where he's like, Hey, God is, you know, so here's here's the conviction. Like Mordecai's like, We're still God's people. Mm-hmm. It's gonna happen with like, without it, you. it's with or without you. God is going to save the day. Yeah. But how much better if it's with you? Hmm. You know, how much better if you step into this divine moment that God has called you into hmm. and, and, and you get to see God use you in an 
impossible situation to yeah. bring to bring yeah. deliverance. What's neat about that is in sixty six books in the Bible, there's only two of them that are named after right. a woman. Right. We have Esther and we have and Ruth. Ruth. Right. And because of such a time as this, right, that is devoted to her and her story, and not not that that's a racial. I mean a um, you know, uh, a sexual thing or a, a gender thing or anything like that. But she, she chose to be used by God and, um, the, the course of the, of the Jewish, um, the Jewish nation was restored. You know, that's pretty amazing. So there's, there's an interesting, um, there's an interesting book. There's a guy who, uh, is a retired admiral from, uh, the U.S. Navy, who was a SEAL, like, actually the longest running, longest active SEAL in active duty. His name's Admiral William N. McRaven. And he talks about this, this principle of, you know, you may not understand what your one decision moment, like what the reverberating effect is. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he's like, when, when, when we look at this idea of, mm. you know, you you've got this moment and you've got a decision to make and, mm-hmm. and you blow off the decision. Like it's, it's not a big deal. He's like, but you don't have an idea. So when we talk about understanding your divine moment, I think it is easy for many of us to think that we're not great people. Like, you know, so that we see these great people in that somehow they made this one big decision that transformed their lives. Right. But the, the point of William McRaven is no, there were successive smaller decisions that led them to the place where they understood the moment where that big decision came. Yeah. So, so that, that's Esther's story is these, these seemingly smaller decisions that led her to the point that when it was time to step up to the plate, she stepped up because she had been so busy making the smaller decisions. Mm -hmm. And so if, if the question is, is like, well, you know, are, are all of us called to greatness? Well, I'm saying all of us have the capacity for greatness. Yeah. If we were willing to make the smaller decisions that yeah. over time add up to the bigger decisions that transform legacies of people around us. So, so this is where, like for me, this is a big deal where um, I don't know that I'm ever going to be world known, right? But I don't know the life that I impact that I invest time, that I disciple, that I pour into, Maybe. that I mentor, they may be the person. Yeah. You know, so I think of D.L. Moody, one of the greatest evangelists of, of, of all time, was impacted by a guy who was a shoe salesman hmm. that decided to do the Sunday school class for kids, hmm. right? Yeah. And, and this guy who decided to, you know, invest time, effort, and energy in these young boys ends up leading mm-hmm. this guy that would become one of the greatest evangelists in, in history to Christ. Yeah. But we hear about Moody, but we don't hear about the guy that, spoke that, into that really life. spoke into Moody's life. Yeah. The other thing that I'm thinking as you were talking is I think there's a great tragedy in this story as it relates to you and I today. Um, you know, when, when we read through, when we read through Esther and, and in episode two, we, we read through Daniel and talked about Daniel they're in some pretty heinous situations. Right, right. But in all of those things, they're not focusing on the exile. Right. 
we're, we're focusing on those small decisions that, that they're making. And I think the tragedy here for you and I and, and maybe those that are listening is we're focusing too much on the exile right, in our own lives. And that, that could be anything. And I'm not diminishing any of that. And I'm not comparing the challenges oh, that you and yeah. I have in life to being a slave and a concubine and the potential of getting your head cut off if right. you do something wrong. But, you know, we have we have the things in our life that I think we focus on that if we're really honest with ourselves are probably, you know, not as big in comparison to some of the other things. When if we shift our focus instead of focusing on the exile focusing on the opportunities within those situations to better ourselves and better those around us. I think you're going to focus your attention somewhere, right? Right. Why not? Why not focus it in a different way? If, if we don't understand that there is no such thing as living life by default, because that's still a decision. Hmm. So why not engage instead of just living life by default? So I, I was, I was in a conversation with someone, I don't know, probably three weeks ago and you know, one of the questions they were asking me was like, you know, what what do you, what do you want for your life? And and it was like, I, I want to continue to live my life completely engaged with the opportunities that are yet in front of me, right? In other words, like hmm. autopilot. There's nothing good in my life that's ever come out of autopilot because autopilot equals, equals drift hmm. for in my life. Now, maybe that's different from somebody else, but it's like. This, this, I have seasons of me on autopilot, but that's the thing that wakes me up that when I go on autopilot, I drift. Esther, the, this, this beautiful picture of her, of, of this intentionality, that, that's a challenge to me of yeah. not just allowing myself to drift into autopilot because nothing good comes out of that. Hmm. And, and, and this idea of be engaged and, and be aware. Um, the people that we have speak into us, you know, I was, I just sent, uh, one of my key mentors, I just sent him a message yesterday, like, Hey man, it, it's time for us to get together. Like mm. I, I, I need perspective and input in my life. And, and yeah. this is a guy who is a 50 year old having a 70 year old in my corner is not a bad thing. Right. You know that, especially because I, I have no parents there. They've, they've gone to be with Jesus. So like having those people mm. that can speak into my life that, that matters. Yeah. Um, Man, I had a thought. Goodness, keep going. Well, I, anyways, I, I think just for me, when when we look at, you know, fast forward to to the end of the story where Haman, you know, the the guy was set up in royal fashion, all puns intended. Like, I mean, Esther did a <laughs> masterful job, um, and that's where I talked a little bit about that shrewdness of it's like, yeah. hey, you know, it's it's not like. Oh, she was a coward the first night. She was a coward. No, she was just like I. Yeah. I, I am. I am setting the noose out for this guy. That that was what I was thinking um, about when you when you started talking. Is um, she had a sense of mystery and intrigue yep. to her, yep. and she used that to her advantage. You know, when when she first went to the king, he's like, "Let's have a banquet. Let's do everything." And she's like, "No, let's do it tomorrow." Huh? Like she, she created this sense of control, but yet it yeah. wasn't domineering. Right. She created a sense of, Hey, if we do this tomorrow, it's going to be even better. Why don't you see what we can do? Like, so now there's mystery and the, you know, the, I think the King was kind of drawn towards that. Yeah. And the lesson that I learned is there are some uniquenesses in our personalities that we can use to our advantage to help, um, you know, the mission and purpose of, 
of what God wants us to do. Yeah, good word. Use those things to your advantage, right? I think I think it had it been any other person that would have said, "No, King, we're not going to do dinner tonight. We're doing it tomorrow night." That was questioning the king, right? And in that day and time, liable, you're liable to get killed, right, right there on the spot. Right. But it created a sense of. Uh, uniqueness with her. And I think that that actually really intrigued the king and, and helped her out. Then it was that shrewdness that you talk about. But, but even just what you tapped on right there is you can fight your natural bent and wiring your entire life, or you can leverage it. That, that's the point of what you just have said. So um, again, I've, I've said my wife and I are in this house hunting process. We are very different people in how we approach this process, Right. <laughs> And and there are right. there are ways that we are are wired, and and we can either fight it or embrace, embrace it. it. Hmm. And and what's interesting is you know uh, that the opposites that attract like in this like it it it, it also sharpens right. This yeah. if you if you're going to spend your life just trying to be somebody you're not. Yeah, you're never going to tap into the God moments that God mm. has for your legacy to really have an impact. Yeah, so be take that principle from Esther. Just understand who you are and lean into it. You know, she understood who she who she was, and she she leaned into it. Um, but she also allowed other people to spur that on in probably ways that she didn't wouldn't have done it herself. Right, her her uncle Mordecai. Right, you know. And so she listened listened to advice in her life and heeded it. Yeah, I know we've gone back to this a few different times. Uh, when Michelle Tessendorf from the last season yeah. said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I love spending time with my best friends talking about books. books. It, it's the input channels matter. Yeah. That, that's, that's a principle for Master's Life. The, the input channels always matter. The voices that we listen to, the people we surround ourselves with. I literally just read another book recently. Um, that that said this idea that when you do not intentionally choose to invite people into your life to be at your table, huh. don't be surprised at the consequences of what that indecision gives you. Hmm. You know, and, and so having this clear idea of like people matter and who you surround yourself with matters. And and in, in Esther's story, that decision saved an entire race of people. Hmm. You know, we also mentioned in uh, in episode two that grow where you're planted. Yeah, right. Well, she did. She absolutely yeah. did. Um, and she used her God given gifts and talents. She used the people in her lives that that were wise to speak into, and uh, she she wasn't hasty in in any of those decisions either. I at least I didn't I didn't see any anything of that. The other thing that was really interesting to me is I don't think that. I think Esther had a very healthy respect for her heritage. Yeah. Um, there was there was really only one moment in in the book where it really calls out here. Let's pray and fast. Right. Um, but other than that, she's not really qualified as a very godly or spiritual person. Mm. Which I think is a lot of encouragement for all of us. I think sometimes we're like, oh, I'm not a good enough Christian. I could never never do that. Or I don't, I don't know enough or, um, you know, there's other people that are more suited for this task than myself. And they're really outside of her, her beauty, which, which is mentioned, 
she is um, she's a slave. She's um, being persecuted. She's an orphan. You know, like we said, she really is the underdog. And she just used what she had, and God used yeah. that and multiplied it in, in many ways. A good word. And so, you know, don't ever think that, oh, I, I am not adequate, which is really the beauty because in the end, then God becomes, you know, the glory comes, becomes to God when, when we empty ourselves and allow him to do those works. It doesn't matter what our skills and talents are. In the end, he's going to accomplish his will. Yep. So why not let it be you? Right? There's a there's an old phrase, you know, God plus me equals a majority. <laughs> you know that that's that's the good news is that it's not me equals a majority. It's it's God plus me. Yeah. And and when that God factor of the equation, I mean, that's that's this is you know. It's, it's, so it's interesting. Uh, Esther was almost not included as uh, into the canon of the Old Testament. Because it doesn't it, it, it explicitly say God, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things that the 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 leader, the church leader, wouldn't be church leaders, the Jewish leaders that decided to include it, they made a statement that it's because clearly God is evident through the story, even if His it. day is never, and even if His name is never mentioned, right? You know, and, and so in this, like, uh, she's an underdog in every way. Right, like getting included in the canon of the Old Testament, but it, it's this reality: is you can't read this story and not see the hand of God. Absolutely, and, and just so if you look at your life, I believe it is evident to see the hand of God. You have to just be willing to follow yeah. it where, where it leads you and guides you. Don't focus on the exile. Don't disqualify yourself. Yep. You know, bloom, bloom where you are planted, and uh, seek the godly advice of other people in your life. And just see, just see um, what God is going to be able to do and use in and through your life, right? Yeah, I was, I was just, I was trying to look up a verse quick. I, I believe it's in Jeremiah where it says, you know, whether you go to the right or to the left, God says, "I will be the voice behind you, saying, this is the way you should, this is the way you should go walk in it." Mm. I, I love that. And I'll, I'll, I'll look in a moment just to, but to me, that that. That's what we see in Esther, the, the mm. voice of God whispering, you know, to the right or left, this is the way you should go walk in it. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, well, Matt, let's see if you can find that verse yeah. and then let's see if that's a good way to, to Sorry, wrap it's up Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah 30, okay. 21, Isaiah, right. Jeremiah, tomato, whatever, tomato, whatever. sorry. <laughs> Bible, Bible. So go ahead. What does it say? It says, uh, whether you turn to the right or left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walking it. Hmm. I love that verse. That's neat because it doesn't say go right or go left. Right. It just right. says walk. Yep. Right? Yep. And so, that's what Esther did. Yeah. She just walked. And those are great encouraging words for us. Um, hopefully it was encouraging to you. We thank you for listening to us today on the State of Charge podcast. As we looked at the life of Esther, we would encourage you to go to your Bible and read Esther and see what the Lord would teach you in and through her life. Uh, the certainly the underdog has a victorious story, and that can be evident in hey, each and every one a, of our lives. A statement too, like uh, it would be really cool if you go to Anchor.fm, yeah. look up State of Charge. There is a place that you can leave an audio message. Yes. I would, I, I would be curious to hear that would be some fun. of the messages that people might leave about how these different characters are impacting you. Yeah, absolutely. And just just for kicks and giggles. Yeah. Just for kicks and giggles. Absolutely. It's, it's super fun. simple. Go, state of, go to anchor.fm and then forward slash state, state of, of charge. charge. Yep, absolutely. 
Well, thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to looking at another character next week that will hopefully encourage you and recharge your spiritual batteries.